Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase and a member FDIC 2024 J.P. Morgan Chase and Co. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Pushkin. All right, Not Lost Chat is back. This is my uh, season of conversations with people who travel. And it's a fun episode. Later, the uh, actor, writer, and director, Paul Feig, the man behind cult hit TV show Freaks and Geeks, the movie Bridesmaids, and a whole lot more. He's going to talk a little bit about Northern Ireland, where he shot his most recent movie. Uh, and he'll also talk about his very chill travel style. I have never flown without wearing a suit and tie. I refuse to do it. All right. Well, I don't go that far, but I do respect the effort. Uh, but first, I'm talking with Kristen Newman, which is no relation to me, Brendan Newman, or Randy Newman, for that matter. I'm pretty sure about that. Kristen is the author of a travel memoir entitled What I Was Doing While You Were Breeding. And no, you are not alone in thinking that's a great title. Uh, if I can tell a name droppy story and I have a podcast, so that's not only my right, but my responsibility. The other day I was speaking with David Sedaris, the great comic writer who I'm working on another project with. And when I told him the name of Kristen's memoir, <laughs> what I was doing while you were breeding, he immediately began laughing, pulled out a notebook and wrote it down. So, you know, the title is David Sedaris approved and Yes, I did ask him to write down Not Lost. Not sure if he heard me. But in any event, Kristen already knew she was funny. Her day job is TV writer and producer, and she has worked on a ton of shows. That 70s show, How I Met Your Mother, The Muppets, just to name a few. And not only does that speak to her comedy bona fides, but as anyone who knows anyone who writes in the TV industry, what's really cool about that career is that you have a lot of time off. So uh, when Kristen was working on that 70s show in particular, she got three months off a year in between seasons. 
And so what she did with that time was travel a lot. And so while a lot of her friends were getting married and having babies, Kristen was taking long trips to Patagonia, New Zealand, Brazil, usually alone. And though she was not breeding, she was definitely mating. She had flings with, and now I'm reading from her book jacket, quote, Israeli bartenders, Finnish poker players, sexy Bedouins, and Argentinian priests who helped transform her into Kristen adjacent on the road, a slower, softer, and yes, sluttier version of herself at home. Spicy. And that's the basis of her best-selling book. It came out a few years ago, but it's recently got new life as a TV show, which is set to release later this year on Freeform. So, yeah, I talked with Kristen about her travels, her search for a partner on the road, and turning her sexy memoir into television fare. Uh, You're such a funny writer. As you've said in interviews, and I think you say on Goodreads, I'm not a travel writer, I'm a comedy writer. So would you mind reading the first paragraph of uh, the prologue? I will. And can I have a prologue to the prologue? Yes. Okay. So here's the thing about writing a memoir in the middle of your life is Mm -hmm. that you age and you look back upon the person who wrote the book and you think, I wish I didn't write that. I don't I don't like <laughs> yeah. that at all. I want to do a little edit. This is why people write memoirs at the end of their lives. So they die and they don't have to deal with the ramifications. So in the very first sentence of this book, there is a sentence that I really found charming when I wrote it eight years ago. And now it has a word in it that I no longer use. And I feel like, mm. well, things have changed. But anyway, so I'm going to have that prologue to this prologue. Okay, I appreciate that. All right, great. Uh, The prologue is called I'll Have the House Special, and it starts, I am not a slut in the United States of America. I have rarely had a fewer than four-night stand in the land of the free. I don't kiss married guys or guys I work with. I don't text people pictures of my genitalia. I don't go home with boys I meet in bars before they have at least purchased me a couple of meals. I've never shown my boobs for beads. I do not sleep with more than one person at a time, and sometimes no more than one per year in America. But I really love to travel. I wanted you to read that not just so people get a little bit of your sense of humor, but also I think that's the thesis statement of this book is this Kristen felt permission to do a whole set of things outside of America, abroad, and created a character called Kristen adjacent there. Why was it easy to do all these other things abroad? What about traveling? Well, I have been thinking about this a lot, especially because I've been making the TV show about this. And so I sit in a room with eight writers and have therapy all day, every day, (laughs) because I have to figure out why this character does what she does and answer all of their questions. And I think that a main reason is just not having the mirror of other people around you to have to look at yourself trying on something new and just to go somewhere where nobody knows you. And so nobody knows that you're trying something new. And so there isn't any need for feeling self-conscious. It's sort of like how it's easier to have weird sex with a stranger than it is to invent (laughs) something new and weird with somebody you've been having the same sex with for 10 years. It feels awkward in the 10-year space versus it's a stranger (laughs) and they're like, this is her jam. (laughs) <laughs> so so you, in a sense, there's like less shame. You found less shame being other places. And maybe it had less to do with the actual other places than it did with just being not America. Yeah. And not just sexually, but, you know, I talk about how you, I feel like you have about 20 thoughts 
and that's it. And we just cycle through them over <laughs> uh-huh. and over again all day long. And when you go somewhere new, especially by yourself, there are so many things that take your attention. Like, is this alley safe? Should I say yes to this invitation? How do I pay for vegetables in this grocery store where they're yelling <laughs> at me and I clearly did something wrong and I don't know what it is? It replaces the thoughts. And just that alone is such a vacation for me. That's interesting. It's like being off balance a little bit. It's a sort of a challenge and it throws you out of yourself, which is um, exhilarating in some way and expansive in others. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's why you do balance poses in yoga, right? Is it just requires your attention. And so you have to stop thinking about all the other bullshit. Yeah, I just go to senior citizen yoga so they don't make us do balance poses. It's just a lot of of hip work. I want you to I want you to feel good however you feel good. I'm not judging you. you. So something you you say early in the book, too, uh, which relates to what you're discussing is, quote, love is a way easier word to use outside the country. Can you talk a little bit about your intention behind that sentence? Yeah, I mean, I love to fall in love. I love to feel love. I love to imagine myself as a star in my own movie. I love to imagine montages that I'm in the middle of, complete with the song that would be playing. I am an imaginer, right? But I am also somebody who I've realized over the years equates the feeling of yearning with the feeling of love. Hmm. And inherent in that is if you do not yearn for someone because they say, love you back, then that feeling goes away and you wonder, am I in love? But, and I love you, especially in another language, when everybody knows there is a plane ticket that somebody is going to use You can just get the movie moment and Mm. the swelling music and all of the wonder of it all and just say it with all of your heart. You know, it wasn't about having one night stands that made me want to have travel romances. It was wanting to pretend I had a boyfriend for four days, Hmm. you know, wanting to get brought into his friends, his family, where they have breakfast, where they go to the beach, all the little inside of being in somebody else's world and just getting to have a four day vacation from being single without the, you know, the Michigas that comes with it. Yeah, it's freeing in a way, but it also means you're living in a fantasy, not reality. Mm. Have you thought about you know, whether there was a downside to these travel flings? I definitely had to kind of come to terms with that thing, which is that I associate the feeling of love with the feeling of yearning and try to redefine that. Um, The woman in Israel that I met who I found really fascinating, who I write about, is this um, Hasidic woman. Her job was working as a sex and marriage therapist in Jerusalem. And one of the things that she was talking about when I asked her about getting married is that Hasidic Jews think of love as not a feeling, but an action. It's a verb, something that Mm. you do. And as you love someone, which is taking care of them and doing for them, that is what creates love. And that Mm. if you think of love as a feeling, feelings are ephemeral, they come and go. And so what happens when that feeling goes? And I found that in my own life where I find myself in some relationship where it's become clear that we're on a competition to do less than the other. Like some (laughs) something is off and somebody feels like somebody is not giving enough. And so they start giving less. And then that other person is like, wow, I'm not getting as much as I'm giving. I'm going to give less. And then you just you, you take this little ladder down until nobody is giving anything. And I remember one time in one of those relationships going, what if I just give what I want to get? 
And then I did, and it was like seconds before everything was transformed and I got back what I wanted needed to give. And that's hmm. when I understood like, oh, I see. Yeah. For the first season of my show, I'm kind of roaming from Montreal to Mexico City and and I had just ended a job in a relationship. And, and every town I was really going just to genuinely check it out. But I also was going being like, what if I lived here? Like, look at this apartment, it's gorgeous. Or look at this restaurant. There was this kind of like chasing this new kind of uh, shiny object, I feel. Yeah. And, you know, we all know about all the studies that say that the more options you have, the less happy you are, you know, mm. even if it's picking what kind of chips on the table in front of you. <laughs> we definitely are all set up for misery. But I also, I learned this thing that is I put in the pilot of the show because I find it so fascinating that there is a wanderlust gene. And 20% of us have it. And it's just like this tendency to be restless and curious. Yeah, And that was so calming to me and helpful to know that there is literally a piece of our DNA that it is programmed to do. And my guess, knowing nothing at all about anything, is that, (laughs) uh, that our ancestors, it makes sense, right? That there would be people in the tribe who are programmed to want to go look over that next mountain to see if there's better food and water sources. Yeah. But that there would be people in the tribe who would be like, all right, we're going to stay here with the babies and make some more babies in case all of y'all get eaten. And so the <laughs> tribe can continue. And it makes yeah. sense that we would be wired to need to fill both of those functions. And so it really helped me like understand my father, who didn't want to ever get off the couch to go yeah. anywhere. But yeah, I do think that we have a harder time sitting still and being happy than people who aren't wired like this. Do you hear that, Mom? It's science. It's not mm-hmm. It's not just me. Um, all right. Well, look, uh, you have a few rules for traveling abroad that you write out in the book. They're very strict. <laughs> They're very strict rules. The first one, I identify with a lot. I feel like a lot of my friends don't understand this. People who've gotten married and started their lives and the, the rule is basically don't book expensive trips if you want to meet fun single people. Yes. Can you, can you talk a little bit about this for people who find that confusing? Yeah. I mean, the more expensive the place, the fewer single people will be there. It's people on honeymoons. It's people on anniversaries. It is, you know, people who uh, have lived long enough to amass some wealth. There's a lot of retired people. There's all of that. In your 20s, just go stay at a hostel. It's all very simple. In your 30s, everybody is going to be 19 at the hostel, except in South America, weirdly, where there's people of all ages who stay at the nice Mm. hostels, which is kind of wonderful. (laughs) But anyway, the middle ground is where I always recommend you go. Like, I went on a boat on the Great Barrier Reef that was the, like, middle-priced boat. Because that's people have existed long enough on Earth that they can afford not the cheapest one. So they're probably in their 30s. Mm. But it's not the fanciest, so it's not the families and couples. It's not the olds. No, I'm glad you said that because I I feel like often, like recently I ended a relationship, went to Portugal for a few weeks, and people texting me from the States like, oh, how's it going? You know, like, ooh la la, like there must be some hot romance. And I was like, I'm of a certain age where I'm not staying at youth hostels. I'm not staying out till five in the morning and I stay at a hotel and you can put yourself in a situation where you're not going to meet anyone because you want some creature comforts and the creature comforts often mean you're not there when moments of serendipity happen. So uh, yeah, it's it's interesting calibration. The main thing for me, because I don't like a tour. um, However, there are certain activities that kind of require a guide. So day trips is a big, 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 big tip for any solo travelers who want to meet people because that's where solo travelers all go together and you suddenly are with 20 people on a bus for the day going on some sort of excursion. Then that's where you talk to people because you're together for eight hours and then you go to dinner with them at night. (laughs) 
and and also update. I I was in Venice last summer or two summers ago, and stopped by for coffee at this youth youth hostel. I'm using quotes. The kids. It, they have it so much better now. Like when I backpacked when I was 18, it was really just a smelly house where you share bunks with Australians. And now this place had like Wi-Fi, DJs at night, natural wine. You could rent private rooms, heated floors. I feel like they've really found that market of 20, 30 somethings. So uh, your options are no longer like the Four Seasons or, you know, the Koala Hut in uh, <laughs> in in the bad part of town. There, there's really some uh, slicker places available. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. So you're writing the television version of this now, but I'm curious about this. I've been interviewing travel writers like capital T uh, and you've kind of been thrown amongst this crew because you wrote this wonderful book that has a beautiful cover of someone looking out of an airplane. What is it like being on the the travel shelf in in certain bookstores as opposed to being, you know, a writer of that 70s show and Chuck and other things? Well, just writing the book was a joy because there's no rules when you're writing a book and the way that there are, there's such strict rules about TV and film writing, how many jokes have to be on a page, how many pages are in an episode, where the act breaks have to be, what the character has to be, all of those things. So the writing it was a joy. But my favorite thing is honestly, it's been translated into a few different languages and getting to see it with these different covers, as you get further into Eastern Europe, the cover gets progressively um, kind of more sexualized. Like <laughs> by the time you get to Russia, it's just a woman's bare midriff with passport stamps on her body. <laughs> like she has been stamped. So that's oh fascinating. Yeah. But my favorite thing is I get texted or tweeted pictures of the book dog-eared that somebody found on a shelf in a hostel somewhere in the world or like a lot of people have tweeted me messages that they bought their first solo plane ticket after reading mm. it. And then here's a picture of it, you know, in that location. And so it lives in the world, which gives yeah. me the most joy on earth. I call it a one in five star book. Listen, you're either really into <laughs> me or you're really not into me. I am also a one in five star person, I think. Right. Uh, and so, <laughs> you know, part of making a TV show that's different than a book is there's this likability likability, relatability, likability. This word is the word you hear the most about TV characters, which means when you write a show based on yourself, you get to get a lot of really heartbreaking notes about uh, things that the character is doing that, you know, don't make sense emotionally, aren't likable. (laughs) Um, Why, why, why would she do this? Why would we ever root for this person who has done this? So it's it's a very um, personal journey that you get to take in terms of therapy that's somehow led to me discovering things that I had never discovered. So you're now uh, married with a family and you're about to go travel to Argentina, this country you love that means so much to you. Um, Is any part of you a little bit bummed that you are now going with like a crew and that you don't get to be the uh Kristen of your you know I am so excited to get to go and see it in this other way and get to see my family there but oh yeah like do I wish that this tv show got made before I had a six-year-old which also means bringing my mother to help take care of the six-year-old yes obviously I, I was there in March to scout for a week for the show and also trying to figure out where we could all live and what we could all do while I work 14 hours a day and I mm-hmm. bring my entire family, parents, husband, child to Argentina to keep them happy and not revolting. And I was like, what is different about 
Argentina. I do not feel the same way as I did 11 years ago when I'm like, God, is Argentina different? Is it a darker time here? You know, what has changed? And then there was this last morning before I had to get on the plane where there was no work to do. And I didn't do anything but just walk out the doors of my hotel and just turn which direction I felt like turning and Mm. then just walk until I was hungry and then just pee when I needed to pee and not stop at any other point for anyone else to pee. And I, I was like, Oh, it was immediately back. Like right, I immediately right. received <laughs> Argentina the way I remembered it again. And I'm like, oh shit. The trick of this magical place was that I didn't have to worry about anybody but myself. And I didn't have to have any plans for anybody yeah. but me. And inherently in the way I'm returning, I am taking the magic away. But <laughs> your footloose and fancy freeze days behind you, but maybe there's a whole new type of experience that awaits you. I'm hoping... Yeah. Well, look, I really look forward to the television show. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. And thanks for writing this book. And I I feel like filling in a blind spot in the canon here. It's appreciated. Well, thank you for liking it and reading it. And thank you for uh, chatting. This was so fun. That was Kristen Newman. Her memoir is called What I Was Doing While You Were Breeding. And the TV show based on it will be out on Hulu and Freeform this May. Since we've established that people successful in the TV world have time to travel, I'm going to invite another one on. Paul Feig will be joining us uh, in a moment to help answer your travel questions. He has traveled the world and he has some keen observations about it. Well, we go on vacation. We're all the background for everybody else's vacation photos and vacation in general. Not lost. We'll be right back. You can find inspiring stories almost anywhere. For instance, check out the co-founders of Girls Who Do Interiors. This Miami-based design company was started by three friends when they were still in school. And right from the start, they turned to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards. And they handled them all in one place with the Chase mobile app. It's so important to have that kind of help when you're just starting out. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. member FDIC. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. 
Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. All right, welcome back to Not Lost Chat. It is now time for the part of the show where I bring in a well-traveled guest or frequent flyer to help answer some of your travel questions. Today, I am talking with actor, filmmaker, writer, and producer Paul Feig, He's behind a ton of popular TV shows and movies like Freaks and Geeks, Ghostbusters, Bridesmaids, and Minx. His latest project is a film called The School for Good and Evil, which is filmed in Northern Ireland. And he's also got a new cocktail book out called Cocktail Time. And when I met with him, he was certainly dressed for cocktail hour. Uh, He had on a dapper navy cardigan with a dark blue-purple tie over a light purple button-up. Forgive me, but I am... I am shamefully underdressed for no, this. No, I'm um, dressed like somebody's grandpa, so I apologize. I don't no, know. no, but do you ever have a casual day, Paul? Like, do you ever? This is a casual day for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I know the, the, the cardigan and all that. I, I feel a little like Mister Rogers, but um, if I'm just like at home writing and that's it, then I'll put on you know something like a flannel shirt and jeans, just like a bow tie. Or, oh, <laughs> exactly. A flannel exactly. Shirt. It depends. It depends how cold it is too. I'm in New York right now, and the window has this crazy draft, so. Um, Grandpa has to bundle up while he's here. Well, it looks it looks charming. Thank you. And it's consistent with actually, I think one of your projects, one of your many, which is your book Cocktail Time, which came yeah. out. Which you know, Grandpa probably is a different sort of cocktail time. <laughs> but I think part of the mission of this book, it's about grownups. Actually, it's not necessarily about getting annihilated on right. gin, although that can be part of the program. <laughs> exactly. Do you want to talk a little bit about the ethos behind uh, your this project? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it kind of started because uh, when we went into lockdown, <clears throat> I decided to do a, an uh, Instagram live show every day for 100 days to raise money for first responders and to learn how to make cocktails and all that. But the book, you know, the book started as people were just like, can you write down all the recipes and put them in a book? So I did, but then yeah. started realizing, like, <clears throat> I wanted this to represent so much more. And my whole <clears throat> thing about life is I think there's too many guys, especially, especially my age, you know, or definitely too many guys, too many guys in general. Yes. We can all agree on that. Good point. Yeah. (laughs) No, I just think there's too many guys who are trying to hang on to this idea of being a teenager. And I find that Mm -hmm. really sad, especially when you get into like thirties, forties, fifties, because you're not fooling anybody. But the biggest thing is why, why do you want that? Why do you want to hang on to, I mean, unless you like like ruled when you were a teenager. I don't know who did. Um, (laughs) Why would you not want to jettison those and go like, let's be grownups and have grownup fun. You know, that's the biggest thing about the book for me is like, it's fun to be a grownup. And I really want to impress that on people. I'm with you. I, actually, I'm thinking about that. Maybe Tony Hawk, like he can stay 16 forever because apparently his genetics allow him exactly. that. And he did have a pretty pretty good teen years. But well, so, for the rest of us, exactly. Home. Well, you know, just just on that point, uh, I was I think it was, I was with Richard E. Grant. We had dinner, name drop, and um, mm-hmm. uh, thank it. you. But I think I think it was him that said basically people, especially guys, freeze at the age they got famous. You know, so like if you got famous, you're 18, you sort of never mentally go past that, you know. So I think I'm going to age gracefully because I've never been famous. So there. So look, you travel a lot for work. Your most recent film, The School for Good and Evil, came out in October. It was shot in uh, Northern Ireland. And I'm thinking like about this kind of grown up like atmosphere. You know, it's cocktails, but it's dim light. It's good music. It's conversation with other adults mm-hmm. without interruption. 
Um, how do you find that when you're going somewhere? Like, I know you had a job to do in Northern Ireland, right. but, you know, you had some weekends and some fallow time. Like, do you do any advanced research for, for bars? How, like, how do you get, how do you get a, your read of Usually I do. I do a lot of research on where to eat, where to go, where's the, where the best bars are, like you said. But this was weird because we were going in during lockdown. So... So oh, oh, it, for right, it, right. more than anything, it was like, where, where's the best liquor stores? <laughs> you know, who's got the best selection <laughs> yeah. so I can stock up the house? You know, and right, I got right. this great apartment that had this huge kitchen. And so I just decided I'm just going to cook for people. So, you know, it's like, hey, you know, come on over and I'm going to just cook a chicken or whatever. And let's just sit around and have drinks and, and have fun. But yeah, in general... My wife, Lori, she's uh, what we call the CEO, the, the chief entertainment officer, because she will <laughs> normally, during a normal production period, will organize parties on the weekend. And usually she loves to find a body of water. And then we always have these kind of like boat parties. You know, we go out and you nice. have food and drinks wow. and dance. Yeah, it's really fun. So, yeah. How does film insurance work when you're getting people drunk on a boat and it's part of your production? I know. Well, Is that a- yeah, it's, it's always a dicey proposition. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of propositions, I believe the advertisers might have a few for my audience. So uh, I need to right. put a break in here. But when I get back, will you give me a hand answering uh, travel questions submitted by our audience? I, w- I will give it a shot. Great. Okay. Not lost chat. We'll be right back. You can find inspiring stories almost anywhere. For instance, check out the co-founders of Girls Who Do Interiors. This Miami-based design company was started by three friends when they were still in school. And right from the start, they turned to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards. And they handle them all in one place with the Chase mobile app. It's so important to have that kind of help when you're just starting out. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. Member FDIC. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. If you are happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. All right, welcome back to Not Lost Chat. I am joined by writer, director, and bon vivant, Paul Feig. And we are now going to answer your travel questions. Remember, you can always submit your travel questions to notlost at pushkin.fm. Are you ready, Paul? Take everything I say with a grain of salt, people out there, but uh, bring it on. All right. Well, let me find one here. Uh, Okay. I think I know the answer for this one. It's not even on my list, but it's always on my mind, and it has been asked before. I jumped ahead. (laughs) (laughs) No, exactly. Uh, No, the question is um, airplanes, dressing, 
What are the rules of the road? Well, you're talking <laughs> you're talking to the right guy for this. I have never flown without wearing a suit and tie. I refuse right. to do it. I, I just, because I, you know, look, I get it. Share the philosophy behind that, yeah. Well, I just think the, if you lose respect for sort of miraculous things, and we've completely forgotten that, like, flying is a miracle that we can do it, yes. you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. to me, it's just like, why would you treat it like anything other than that? I get it. You know, you go through security and the tear you apart and all that stuff. So it's much easier to have in sweatpants and be able to knock off your flip-flops. But at the same time, is that really the, the image you want to present <laughs> to the world when you're yeah. flying? I just, I like that pageantry. And I, I, I mean, all I know is every time I fly, everybody at the airports, all the flight attendants, everybody's just like, oh my God, you're so dressed up. That's so nice. Like they appreciate it, you know? Yeah. So I, I think there's just something nice about it. And from a practical point of view, it's one less suit you have to pack. So there you go. I think having kind of a uniform when you arrive someplace and then you get to your hotel and then you want to go downstairs and have a drink, you can change out of your kind of travel armor. I agree. And then you decide your mode. If you want to exercise, you put on your exercise clothes. If you want to, uh, you know, go take a walk, maybe you put on sneakers. But yeah. if you're always dressed the exact same way all the time, there's no delineation point in your day. I'm so with you. Years ago, I wrote an article for... Um, Esquire called Responsible Tourism. And the idea behind it is when we go on vacation, we're all the background for everybody else's vacation photos and vacation in general. You know, so that, that's that's an interesting. Yeah, point. so like we go yeah. to Capri, you know, which we love, and I always wear something nice, some kind of like vacation wear, or something, you know, a jacket. And when we're taking my picture, and I got a bunch of people in like tivas and in cargo shorts and, and all that behind <laughs> me, it's like, well, now you've ruined my movie. I made your movie look really good, but they're like, oh, look how classy that is, and I go, yeah, I'm stuck yeah, with you guys. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, you're messing up the scene. Exactly, man. that is interesting. Yeah. All right, I have some actual questions now that aren't just my All own. Right. This one comes from Greta in New York City. Hello, and she writes, Generally, when we travel, my husband thinks we should book the cheapest possible hotel room. After all, he says, we're only going to be sleeping there. I disagree. I want the place we are staying, even just for a night, to have a great vibe. Mm -hmm. Who is right? LOL. Stakes are medium, but she has, you know, she has uh, good questions. I say Greta's right, by all means. Yeah. I mean, look, it is true, and my wife and I grapple with that sometimes, too, because, you know, sometimes you'll get a chance to get, like, a really good room, and it's like, are we going to be in it enough to use it? But it's also the bed you're going to be on, the sheets that they're going to have, what the bathroom's going to be like, yep. how they take yep. care of you. Yep. No, it's, yeah, I mean, you know, as much as you can, and I'm not saying, like, oh, you know, go bankrupt, but if you can afford it, get get the nicest room you can afford that doesn't, you know, put you in trouble. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, because it's a holistic experience. And sometimes you end up spending more time than you want, or maybe you're happy to spend more time in your hotel room. Yeah. So there you go, Greta. <laughs> that, that's uh, that's our guidance for you. There you go. Uh, okay, this question comes from Maya. Mm -hmm. And she asks, if you're traveling with someone, is it okay if you both want to do something different? Is it okay to part ways for a bit on the trip to do your own thing? Yes, yes. My wife and I have been married for 28 years, 28 happy years, together for 32. You And you're like 34 years old. So I, I know, isn't it crazy? We, I met her oh. in, in the maternity ward when That's I was just beautiful. a baby. And there you go. I mean, creepy uh, but beautiful. <laughs> exactly. So we always say that the most successful relationships are where you're not tied at the hip. You have to be able to spend time apart. 
because look, I think there's probably couples have been married for 50 years and never been out of each other's sight. But I think that's a really that's a lot of pressure to put on on a relationship. And it's worse if you go like one person wants to do something, one other person doesn't really, and you go together and that person's like, you know, having a bad time or being a downer, you're gonna have the big fight versus if you just go off, have the greatest time, come back, you got stuff to talk about at dinner, what you did, you know, yeah. get, get somebody a little present while you're out so then you can surprise, like, oh, look what I picked up when I was out. You know, make it a fun thing. But but yeah, don't be tied to the hip. And, and just the low-level tension you have bringing someone to a museum that they were ambivalent about almost undermines the whole trip for you. Oh my And God. you're there all day. There's three meals, four, five opportunities to drink and eat yeah. that you can always mix it up. So yeah, I say Maya... Um, feel comfortable yeah. breaking away from whoever it is. Yeah, I've heard, uh, I've heard a lot of fights in places of like, oh, you're acting like you don't want to be here. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. I'm like, oh, I bet I bet that person didn't want to be there. Um, all right, Paul, since you're so good at this, I'm going to throw one more out at you. I love this. This is from Ashley from Maryland. Hello, Ashley. Ashley writes, I've always been nervous about asking folks in the security line about cutting in front of them when I'm running late for a flight. Mm. I've never skipped the line, and I've missed flights because of it. When do you think it's acceptable to cut the line and what's the best way to ask the folks in line? Uh, this is a, I, I'm with her. Like, I'm really, I, I don't like to do that, you know, yes. especially on my own. What The times I've been able to do it is when somebody who works at the airport and you're like, before you get in the line, you're like, I'm in trouble. I We got held yeah. up or whatever. Could you help me? They will generally do it. When you're doing it yourself, it, I don't When people ask me, it's always like, all right. You know, my head, I'm like, well, you should have got here, not late. You know, that's on yeah. you for being no, late. I mean, <laughs> that's a little bit of the thing. I think you're right. If you can have an escort, okay. But otherwise, no matter what you say, no one's going to believe you. Yeah. Everyone's going to be resentful. Even Gandhi would be angry <laughs> in a security line if yeah. someone starts barging up the path. That's um, exactly it. I did like the picture, though, of you, you know, coming in late but dressed like you are for the airport. They're like, oh, great. You know, like James Bond uh, needs to cut in front of me. <laughs> oh, I know. It's always like, oh, we the rich guy is getting in here. It's like, no, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I didn't want to pack my suit. <laughs> I swear I'm not a jerk. I was running late because we liked our hotel room. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I couldn't, couldn't get out of the room. I was too nice. <laughs> I was emptying the minibar. <laughs> um, Paul, thank you so much for helping with our uh, etiquette questions, our travel etiquette my questions. My pleasure. I love that. And uh, this was a wonderful chat. Thank you so much. It was great to, great to talk to you. This was a lot of fun. That was Paul Feig. Check out his new film, The School for Good and Evil, which I don't think is a Montessori school. Uh, and also you can pick up his book, Cocktail Time, which, by the way, pairs well with another book about adult fun called Brunch is Hell. Um, I'm spacing the name of the authors on that one, but um, you can Google it. Okay, that's it for this edition of Not Lost Chat. As always, if you have travel questions that you want answered in a future episode, please email me at notlost at pushkin.fm or ping me at bfnunam on Twitter. Not Lost Chat could not have been made without producer Jordan Bailey, who is currently, I think, at home this week. So that's a new development, resting for a future trip, I'm sure. The show is written and hosted by me, Brendan Francis Noonan, Booking assistance from Laura Morgan. This episode was edited by Sarah Nix. Thank you, Sarah. We also had assistance from managing producer Jacob Smith. And our mix engineer and co-producer is the really wonderful Sarah Bruguer. Not Lost is a co-production of Pushkin Industries, Topic Studios, and iHeartMedia. It was developed at Topic Studios. And yes, there are some executive producers on this show. Executive producers include me, Brendan Francis Noonan. 
Christy Gressman, Maria Zuckerman, Lisa Langang, and Latal Malad. And if you dig what you hear, tell a friend, tell the person behind you in the TSA line, uh, tell the person in front of you in the coffee line, uh, make a comment at Apple Podcasts, spread the word, it's really appreciated. And if you like what you hear and want to learn about more stuff happening at Pushkin, you can sign up for the Pushkin newsletter at pushkin.fm slash newsletter. And if you just want to find some more things to listen to at Pushkin, you can use the iHeartRadio app, you can head to Apple Podcasts, or, you know, go wherever you listen to podcasts. That is it for this episode. Thanks, everybody. Bon voyage. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.